Why will T. Higgins and Mike Williams rebound big time at wide receiver for your fantasy teams in week two? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we look at our wide receiver and tight end rankings only on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL, fantasy, and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. So, uh, Michelle, we are getting into our wide receivers and tight end rankings today, so it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we're looking for a lot of guys to rebound because it was disappointing, especially at tight end, but a lot of wide receivers underwhelmed as well. So we'll get to those rankings to help you know who's going to be bouncing back, who are guys you're going to fade this week. Uh-oh, Garrett Wilson, not feeling it that great here. So we'll see. But I have to tell you before we dive into that, it's Crossover Thursday on the network there as we uh, break down all the games for you. The Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest, most Exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedNFL and use the code, all lowercase LockedNFL, for first deposit match up to $100. All right, Michelle, we got to dive right into our rankings here. Uh, I think we're pretty much uh, close to the same on the elite guys that you're going to play week in, week out. But two guys stood out, I think, even more than we expected here in week one. And that's a Chris Olave and Calvin Ridley. I think these guys were just awesome. They played fantastic, and uh, they were locked in with their quarterbacks, new quarterbacks in both cases. Yeah, we both have them in the top uh, 10 here. And actually, our top six wide receivers are all the same names in different orders, but Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Amon Ross, St. Brown, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. We each have those guys in our top six in different orders, but you're playing them every single week, no matter the matchup. I have Chris Olave at seven. You have him at nine. We really like him against the Panthers this week. Uh, Panthers top corner, J.C. Horn, is going to be out for this game. He might be out for a while. And we saw right away he had that connection with Derek Carr. It took a little bit in the game. I mean, Olave wasn't doing anything there for a while, but he ended up coming through with 10 targets, eight receptions, 112 yards in week one. So I I love this matchup for him. And then Calvin Ridley, I mean, just right off the bat, he hasn't played football in so long, and he was just – Right away, Trevor Lawrence's main dude, and you can't ask for a more like this should be a high scoring matchup against the Chiefs. Trevor Lawrence is going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, it, it's hard to keep either one of these guys out of your top ten. They're they're must plays moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I love these guys. And again, this is why talent, just route running, opportunity, being clear number ones, all those things really lined up for both of these guys. So I think it'll continue. There'll be pretty high floor guys as well, but there'll be weeks where Olave goes off. He didn't have a touchdown, so we'll see that potentially happen. And I think these guys are going to be just too involved as number ones uh, to take out of the top ten. It's going to be really hard to do that going forward. Now, Michelle, one guy that I am high on again this week is Devonta Smith, and I just like this guy. He just gets it done here this week. I have him pretty high here, so – when you look at it, though, it's just the consistency. He's always out there. He's the guy that caught the touchdown 
look, this Vikings secondary has tried to improve here for Thursday night, but I still think they're a little bit vulnerable on the back end. And Devonta Smith is just so technically sound. Going to run the best routes here. They'll try to contain A.J. Brown. So I think another good game for him. And I think also Brandon Ayuk, I have in my top 10 because, look, this is why I was a little bit worried about Debo Samuel. The Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk connection is real. And Rams secondary, look, they played over their heads last week. They still struggled with DK Metcalf. They're going to scheme these receivers wide open. So I love these guys this week. And maybe we've been so enamored by the way A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel are like built and like they're these great athletes. But these other receivers are really special, I think, as well. Yeah, they. I mean, they are good players, right? And I, I, st- I have them ranked again. I have Devonta Smith at 13, so I moved him up a bit from last week. You have him at 7. And then Brandon Ayuk, I have at wide receiver 17. You're higher on him at 10. I'm saying they're both good wide receiver two plays. The thing with either of these guys is they can disappear in any given week because of their offense that they're in. So it's yeah. going to be hard for me to ever really trust them as a consistent top 10 wide receiver. I mean, obviously, if they keep doing every week what they've been doing in week one, I, I will start to have them up there as like dominant plays. But in any given week, it can be a Kittle, Debo, CMC, you know, week, or it can be, well, CMC every week, every week. For Brandon Ayuk to disappear. And then with Devonta Smith, if AJ Brown goes off or, you know, Dallas Goddard actually gets a reception, he could also not do as well. So it's just with, I think they're going to be a little bit more inconsistent. But yeah, you're still plugging him into your wide receiver two spot and you're feeling good about it. Yeah, they're definitely like wide receiver twos who can easily spike up to wide receiver ones in any given week. So I like that floor yeah. ceiling combination. Now, T. Higgins. I think he was on the floor. I don't know if there was a sub-basement, but maybe that's where he was. Last week, uh, eight targets there and zero catches against the Browns. But the Browns' secondary is good. On the outside, the Ravens' secondary is not good. We saw Nico Collins and Robert Woods. These guys had some success here. So Higgins also has had a great history. Went healthy against the Ravens, has gone off here. And Jamar Chase as well. He's had a monster game. So I love this whole Bengals offense to rebound. We've talked about it, but Higgins in particular like, and I think another guy that we've pumped up a lot was going to come back. I think Mike Williams. I love him in that matchup against the tight or Titans this week. Uh, maybe Austin Eckler sits, so they need to pass more with Justin Herbert. So a lot of things lining up for these guys. Uh, forgettable performances in week one, but these are the big rebound candidates in week two. Yeah, I'm not worried about T. Higgins' bad week one. It was just terrible for Joe Burrow in general, and I think he comes out and has a better game. The Ravens aren't a scary secondary, and they're dealing with injuries back there. They just let Nico Collins have 80 receiving yards in that game. It's a home game. I expect Burrow to be better. The Ravens have a pretty solid run defense as well. So I think they're going to focus more on the past. T. Higgins is a good play. Mike Williams is uh, no shocker, right? We clearly both really like Mike Williams, but he's uh, one of both of our guys' favorite plays this week. Um, it's just the matchup is so juicy. The Titans are have been the best run defense and the worst pass defense over since the start of last year. They've allowed the most points to the wide receiver position, and no defense has allowed more deep passing yards and touchdowns than the Titans since the start of 2022, while Mike Williams leads the NFL in air yards per target since 2019. Love this matchup for him this week. If he can't do it this week, right? And he added down week. Maybe I start to get lower and lower on Mike Williams throughout the year, but this should be a monster week for him. Yeah, and uh, the rankings say it for both of us. So Michelle has Mike Williams at 12. I'm at 14, so pretty close. We're right there, even on T. Higgins at 15 this week. So these are guys that we expect 
to really have nice weeks and come back. Now, Garrett Wilson, this one is a tough situation. I had trouble ranking him. Michelle ended up at 18 with him. I took him at 20. So we're right in the same range. We still love the talent of this player. He saved his night with the touchdown and a horribly thrown ball by Zach Wilson. That should have been an interception, but he's Garrett Wilson. He's very talented. It's a tough matchup this week, getting this uh, Cowboys secondary. It's brutal and uh, Zach Wilson. But keep in mind, this guy was wide receiver 19 last year with a quarterback disaster. So I think he could be a little bit better this year just in terms of his own play, right? And there's not a lot else in this passing game at this right rate. So I think you're just going to hope that he gets enough targets. He goes up and makes a play on a bad ball by Zach Wilson, whether it's a big player touchdown, and that's what you get. But I'm not going to write him off. This player individually is so talented. We talked about Chris Olave. His talent is just on that level. So, and I think Zach Wilson, at least it's a quarterback he's familiar with. Yeah, I'm not writing him off. I just don't feel great about yeah. him, right? Like you're going to play him. You just don't feel great. You don't feel like he's going to put up a huge game. It just, this matchup just stinks, right? If it was an easier matchup, I'd say, okay, maybe you can get it done with Zach Wilson. But I mean, all mostly all of Garrett Wilson's good games last year came with either Joe Flacco or Mike White. And with Zach Wilson yeah. is when he would disappear. And it just didn't look like Zach Wilson was any better. I mean, I know he had to come in like when he wasn't expected to play, but oh, I like the Cowboys just shut down Daniel Jones and the Giants so hard. Do we... Do we really think the Jets and Zach Wilson are going to do any better? I mean, maybe they'll score more than zero points. That's definitely a possibility. I just, I can't picture Zach Wilson being able to handle that pressure that the Cowboys defense is going to put on him. So he's just going to have to just fling it out to Garrett Wilson and hopefully Garrett Wilson can get it done. Yeah, and maybe we'll see a quarterback change at some point, and maybe it's uh, Tim Boyle. To who? There. Tim Boyle, though? Like, they don't yeah. they don't have anyone well, at else. least he knows the offense, which is good. And uh, and you said, look, it's not like Joe Flacco and Mike White we were counting on. You, at least yeah. someone who knows the offense that's competent to put the ball in the hands of a, a good receiver. And maybe Zach Wilson will surprise us. I doubt it, especially in this matchup. It's just I think uh, I feel more of him as a wide receiver three, but I think you're obligated to play him as a wide receiver two, even though you drafted him as a wide receiver one. So I just hope he doesn't go plummeting here and have real close to at least somewhat close to the value where you drafted him, where you're not going to get that anymore. So we'll get into some of the other wide receivers here, Michelle, and uh, some notable names uh, that we might be uh, disagreeing on. Yeah, we'll get into some guys we have ranked as a lower wide receiver two this week or wide receiver three. Um, some really fun names to discuss that we think are playable or not playable. We might have some d- debates there. Before we get into that segment, let's talk about a really great company, Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using uh, using code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com and use promo code locked on to get $20 extra off. 
All right, Vinny, getting into some of these later wide receivers that we feel we still feel good throwing into our wide receiver two spot or maybe a wide receiver three flex spot. There's what there's a couple guys we disagree on here, right? It's George Pickens and Zay Flowers. So I'm higher on George Pickens this week. I'm at wide receiver 25. You have him at wide receiver 37. And then you're much higher on Zay Flowers. You have him at wide receiver 20. I have him at wide receiver 33. Tell me why you feel a bit more confident about Zay Flowers this week over a guy like George Pickens. Well, Zay Flowers, I loved his usage in the first game. And you look at the Bengals, they struggled most with Elijah Moore. They moved him around. Look, it wasn't very high volume and production. He actually had seven targets. There wasn't a lot of production that came with it. But I think Zay Flowers is a similar type receiver, just better. Already, I think, as a younger first-round pick. So I like flowers and his role and i think this can be a really high scoring game they're gonna have to get him involved here mark andrews uh, return should actually help him here uh, that we expect so it's gonna open things up for flowers and other parts of the field so i just expect a very high scoring game i want to be attached to this the bengals have a pretty good secondary all around but i think if you're going to say they're vulnerable somewhere it'd be inside a little bit more than the outside so i think flowers they'll scheme him up and well and i like the potential there in a high-scoring affair, where I don't see the Brown Steelers game being high-scoring, and I also don't like the fact Deontay Johnson's not in the game. That means Denzel Ward could be there on George Pickens. Last week he faced uh, Chavarius Ward, so a couple wards here early for Pickens, and again another corner that can cause a lot of problems. Ward played really well last week. I also like Greg Newsom, so if he's on a different guy, I think it's going to be tough here for George Pickens. So. I also worried about the front end, right, with Miles Garrett. Can they get the ball downfield to George Pickens? So I'm just looking at the games. I want to attach myself a lot more to one AFC North matchup over the other. Yeah, with Zay Flowers, I actually worry about Mark Andrews coming back, right? he Zay Flowers caught nine balls last week for 78 yards. So that's very little production on nine receptions. And if that goes down just even a little bit, you expect Mark Andrews to be the top target uh, once he's back, then what are you getting? Six receptions for like 50 yards? I don't know. I mean, it's not going to be a terrible play. I just, I'm a little bit worried that, it, you know, in week one without Mark Andrews, it just made him look a little bit better right off the bat. And then for George Pickens, I do, I expect him to be the top target. It is not a great matchup. I'll give you that. And that's why he's wide receiver 25. It's not like I'm saying mm -hmm. he's a must play or anything, but I do think he's a viable option this week because the Browns overall are tough against wide receivers, but they have allowed 13.1 yards per reception to wide receivers since the start of last year. That's ninth most, most in the NFL. They've allowed 15 receiving touchdowns to wide receivers during that span, right in the middle of the pack. So it's not like they've been shut down. Denzel Ward is good, but if Kenny Pickett wants to make it in this league, he just literally needs to throw it up to George Pickens and let him come down with it because it was ugly last week. And hopefully they show up just a little bit more. So I have I have more trust that Pickens will get volume more than Zay Flowers. And then also his targets should actually be deeper than the field than Zay Flowers. Yeah, I'm looking at the the – Situation there. I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to watch that all season long. Young players uh, emerging here faster than we think, including uh, Zay Flowers and uh, Jordan Addison. So maybe a lot more rookie value than we expected at wide receiver. Now, another situation we're watching here is Gabe Davis. Uh, we're both pretty high on him. You have him as wide receiver 27. I think I'm right there with you. So I think we have to play him this week. I mean, the Raiders, this looks like a primo matchup. 
for him to make big plays downfield. And we saw Corlin Sutton. He's a big guy, right, that has some speed, and he had some success last week against uh, this Raiders secondary. So it all lined up really well for Gabe Davis. So we say Tegan's, Mike Williams, Gabe Davis, they all have similar bodies, right, and similar yeah. roles sometimes. And I think uh, Gabe Davis, a field stretcher, this is the type of game where Josh Allen is going to go back to being Josh Allen, where it's not going to be just – him running around, uh, just scrambling, trying to make some plays here. He's going to be comfortable, throw it downfield, get those big plays, home run shots. So I think Gabe Davis scores on a long touchdown this week. Yeah, Gabe Davis was one of my, like, you cannot play last week because the Jets are just shut down the deep passes, right? And that's exactly where Gabe Davis pretty much gets all of his production. But he did still run the third most routes. Gabe Davis ran the third most routes among all wide receivers in week one per PFF. So he was out there all the time he's going to have the opportunity and like you said I think Josh Allen is going to come out and just be like angry and on fire after all those turnovers he had last week and with them losing the game I think this is going to be a monster performance from the Bills offense and Gabe Davis will be a part of that yeah I'm looking forward to it because we need to get him going here I think he has the talent to do it and just doesn't have to see the Jets secondary this week and Mike Evans Chris Godwin already may be exceeding some of our expectations here with what they've done. I mean, we had low expectations with Baker Mayfield uh, transitioning from Tom Brady, but look, they both came true, especially Mike Evans here with the big play downfield against the Vikings for a touchdown. And now you get the bear secondary. They have one good corner, Jalen Johnson, but we know they couldn't stop Romeo Dubs last week. He was their best uh, receiver for Green Bay. And now you have a couple guys that are going to cause them problems. They're not very good in the slot either. So that's good for Chris Godwin. So it's pretty close. I just like Mike Evans always a little bit more than Chris Godwin because his touchdown consistency, right? He has a little bit more shot at going up and getting a ball on a short pass. And it seems to be early, at least Baker Mayfield has a decent connection or maybe a better connection where I think Brady was a little bit more with Godwin all over the field where I think Mayfield calculated with the big plays to Evans. So it's pretty close to me. I think they're both at this stage where they're playing and this matchup, they're both solid wide receiver three plays with some upside. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Evans is going to be inconsistent, but it's nice to see he had 10 targets, right? And he had that deep touchdown. The thing with Tom Brady, I mean, how many times did he dump it down to running backs and to Chris Godwin, super short? So that that's what led to so much inconsistency with Evans. Rashad White only had two targets. Like if Tom Brady plays that game last week, he probably has 10 targets in that game just from dump offs from Brady nonstop. So I, I do like both of these guys moving forward. It's still not going to be super comfortable putting him in because Baker could just fall flat on his face in any given week. But against this Bears matchup, you can play them both. And Mike Evans it has a really high ceiling in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And again, maybe Baker is just going to be better than we think. And who knows? The Bucks. I love Baker, start... but yeah, they could be in the charge of this division by the end of the weekend, which is crazy. But uh, that's definitely something we're looking at. And Speaking of Tom Brady, his former team, uh, Mac Jones, he played well there. But Kendrick Bourne ended up being his top receiver there. He looked really good there. And Kendrick Bourne was kind of a playable wide receiver three a lot last season. So now he's cleared the guy over Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't know why you'd be interested in Devontae Parker at all. So Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, I think these two guys are where the passing game is going to go through most for Mac Jones. 
Yeah, we're both saying he's a good play this week. I mean, you have him at wide receiver 26. I have him at wide receiver 29. Is this us overvaluing week one too much? Maybe, but 11 targets. And I already thought maybe he was going to be Mac Jones, number one wide receiver over Juju. And that's what we saw in week one. It's a nice matchup yeah. against the Dolphins. So I'm going to, I'm going to ride that and I'm willing to play him if I need to. Like he may be ranked over some guys like Gabe Davis or, you know, close with Pickens or close with Mike Evans. I'm playing all of them over Bourne, but I think Bourne is still a very viable option this week. And we're going to talk about his tight end that he plays with here at the top of our next segment uh, and uh, some other tight ends that we like this week. Yeah, and uh, maybe we'll give Sam Laporta some more love this week. He Ooh. had a very good first game, so look forward to that. We both love Sam Laporta, so that's always fun to talk about, and we'll get there here, but uh, maybe some guy that you might be playing on prize picks this week, and it's really easy to get in on prize picks. You just have to uh, get into it now because it's the most exciting time and the most exciting way to play DFS. Just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And it's a lot of fun to play. Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more play there for you. And Price Picks now offers Apple Pay for much needed quick and easy deposits into your accounts that are going to be there for you all season long. You can also expect quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So check it out today. Here, it's a lot of fun to play, getting in on these uh, projections. And all you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use the promo code NFL for first deposit matchup to $100. Again, that's uh, prizepicks.com slash NFL, And you'll get that prize match up to $100. Go check it out to their prize picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. Get in the game today. All right, Michelle, we buzzed a lot about Sam Laporta before, so I guess we'll talk about him at some point here. But let's uh, start quickly. Hunter Henry, we both uh, like him quite a bit here. You have him at number four. I have a, or I have him at number four, I should say. So actually now I'm all the way, I think, ahead of you now. You have him at number seven. So I was just expecting you to be higher on Hunter Henry than myself, but I'm buying into it. There's just not a lot of... I've just done a lot of a lot of tight end at this stage, and we know he's the key target. And remember, this guy was a very good fantasy tight end for the Chargers. He's just picking up where he left off here in 2021. So we love Hunter Henry this week. Uh, you agree that for now in this landscape, you got to play him. Yeah, and I, I just have him behind the the top guys, right? It's Kelsey and yeah. Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard. I'm still going to trust all those guys. They all have high ceilings. I Dallas Goddard, I think, is going to have a fine game on Thursday night football. So I'm still going to throw them in before trusting Hunter Henry. But right at, if I don't have any of those guys, Hunter Henry is my next guy up. Like I don't want to start anyone else besides him. I mean, A, he was the tight end one last week, right? And he gets a fantastic matchup this Sunday. The Dolphins defense has allowed third most points to the tight end position since the start of last year. And Mike Isicki wasn't really a threat at all to him. I I didn't expect him to be, and he wasn't, right? Henry played nearly double the snaps than Mike Isicki. He ran the third most routes among all tight ends in the NFL 
last week. So Hunter Henry is the guy there that's going to be the receiving tight end. And if Mac Jones does throw touchdowns in this game, they're either going to go to Henry or Bourne. Like I, I think those are the really the two options. So I like Henry again this week, and I, I think he's a easily a top 10 tight end play uh, in this matchup. Yeah, one guy that we defer on here, we both have him in the top 10. I am at number five here, and, and uh, looking at, Evan Ingram against the Chiefs. You have him at number 10. And I have Evan Ingram ahead of George Kittle and Darren Waller. I'm just not uh, too enthused about Kittle getting enough targets here in this type of game. And Darren Waller, we've got to watch the hamstring. They said it's going to be yeah. nagging all the time. So I'm hoping for a rebound here against the Cardinals. He was still okay and active, but I do like Evan Ingram's upside more than those guys this week. I think it could be an Ingram type game. We've seen him explode in certain matchups here. And again, if you look at the Chiefs' defense, they're very good in the slot with Jerry Sneed, so that's probably not great for Christian Kirk. They have two decent corners. I'm not worried about Calvin Ridley, but it could be less of a Zay Jones action here. So Evan Ingram in the middle of the field, the Chiefs just really do not cover this position well. And I think it's going to open up opportunities here. So I think he'll be a lot more involved this week and be their second leading receiver behind Ridley. Yeah, maybe. That, that's why I have Evan Ingram at 10, because there's just too many options. I mean, Christian Kirk was barely utilized last game. He could get more targets. Say Jones played a ton. Uh, Travis Etienne was getting in there with targets. Like, it could be an Evan Ingram game. It, it could not, right? And he just doesn't score enough touchdowns for me to feel good about him. We know George Kittle at the end of last year with... Brock Purdy, he was scoring touchdowns like crazy. So I just think the touchdown upside with Kittle is a bit higher. He is just as in inconsistent with the targets as a guy like Evan Ingram, but that's why I trust Kittle more up there in my top five than I do with Evan Ingram. But it is a really, I mean, it should be a high-scoring matchup. So it's not the worst play. I just don't feel great about it. Yeah, I, I think it'll be solid. I mean, I think it just depends if he can score. That's going to pump him into the top five. I think it, so it really comes a lot of it with tight ends really can they get in the end zone because that really is the cheat code to saying okay you're automatically getting those six points that's harder to get elsewhere tight end and Sam Laporta I'm going to predict right here Michelle he is going to get in the end zone you have him yeah, at yeah. nine no you have him at eight I'm sorry let me correct myself the average is nine because I have him at 10 here so this is uh, really an endorsement for Sam Laporta. I think you've got to play him against the Seahawks. Look, Seahawks have a bad history against a tight end. Tyler Higbee just wasn't involved for the Rams. They didn't need him. They ran, and the receivers did all that they wanted last week. But the Lions need him. They played him really often, and he w looked good against the Chiefs in that same matchup that Evan Ingram gets this week. And then Laporta, look, he's going to be a key target with Josh Reynolds behind Amon Ross St. Brown. These are the guys that Jared Goff is going to look to most until Jamison Williams comes back. And I don't think it's going to change much with Laporta. So I think I'm going to call it right now. The rookie gets in the end zone for the first time in this game, a high scoring affair here, a short red zone pass play action. Jared Goff is going to find him in the back of the end zone. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it was just great to see in the first game of his career and such a big game on national television in the kickoff game, like a game that they're really, you know, they wanted to make sure they didn't make any mistakes. They trusted a rookie tight end. Uh, so much in that game. He ran the third most routes, had the third most targets on the team behind only Amon Ra and Josh Reynolds. And it was just really awesome to see that right away. And uh, you would expect his usage and his targets to only increase as he gets more comfortable. And like you said, the CX are just a fantastic matchup for tight end. So I have him ranked right behind Hunter Henry this week. I, I think he's a really great play. 
yeah, I, I'm I'm a, on board. I mean, there's just a lot of tight ends iffy at this point. And if he's going to get that usage and look good doing it, we have to go there. And one guy we're not high on at all is <laughs> Kyle Pitts. I just Poor can't Kyle say Pitts. his name. Yeah, you have him at 15. I have him at 16. So he's not playable. Look, Are look we giving up on track. him? Are we just giving up on him? I'm giving up on Arthur Smith using him. Let's just say that. Like, I, I, I'm really disappointed. I mean, him and Drake London, if you put them in any other offense that likes the forward pass, they're probably going to get used there. Like, I'd love to see Drake London and say – Carolina, right? <laughs> Play with uh, Bryce Young and maybe give him some help. Or we know Bryce Young like Hayden Hurst. So maybe they just need to trade both these guys to a team that's going to use them. And I don't know, Kyle Pitts, I mean, Green Bay is typically good against the tight end. Cole Komet had some decent numbers last week. Not spectacular, but Green Bay, I mean, it's a tough defense, I think, overall. I think it's a carbon copy pretty much. I think the Falcons are a little bit better running team, but their quarterback stinks more than Justin Fields, which is hard to say. But when you look at that, that's also the other concern, right? Here, Michelle, is that Desmond Ritter is not very good. And I think Arthur Smith is actively trying to hide him in these games. And so I, I, I will feel good about Kyle Pitts and Drake London only when Taylor Heineke is a starting quarterback. I don't even know if that matters though, right? I mean, I guess Marcus Mariota wasn't throwing a ton either. So I guess yeah. if Taylor Heineke comes in, maybe he throws more. But Pitts has now had three or fewer receptions in nine of 11 games played since the start of last season. Three or fewer receptions in nine of 11 games. And in the other two games, it was five receptions. So he hasn't had more than five receptions in the game since 2021. He has scored seven or fewer PPR points in eight of those 11 games. And it's not like the other games were met. He had one he big game, right? And it was five for 80 and a touchdown. He really just needs that touchdown. You can't, you can't trust that. I mean, how many times can you say, well, he can win me a week. It's like ugh, once every 11 games, maybe. And it's not <laughs> even like 19 points is necessarily winning you a week. It's not anything absolutely insane. So I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm done trusting him. I, if, if you drafted him, maybe you keep going. And but I don't know how many times you can put him into your lineup for him to score three, four, five points over and over and over. Yeah, it's hard to watch. You're like, is Kyle Pitts playing? Is he hurt? And you just watch the stat line and just get stuck there. And it's so frustrating. And I'm glad I don't have any shares of him this season. I'm just going to say that. And uh, definitely not going to touch him anywhere in DFS lineup uh, until you can know you're going to get something from him. Now, Hayden Hurst, it's another guy we're not so high on this week just because again the matchup is a lot more difficult against new orleans uh, they're just very good against the tight end they blanked chugazi mcconquo last week so i just don't like this for hayden hurst and i one thing i hope is i hope he's not the best target overall here for rice young going forward they need to get jonathan mingo somebody someone get going here in this offense because i think it has potential but yeah the receiving core as we saw last week they're gonna hamper this uh rookie number one overall pick quite a bit but Hurst will get his targets I just don't see them being valuable this week yeah I mean uh he led the team in targets with seven led the team in receiving yards with 41 he caught Bryce Young's only passing touchdown like that all that's all good like I'll take that from a tight end right but the Saints uh they've only allowed one tight end to even score 10 PPR points in a game against them since the start of last season uh it was no tight end has scored more than 15 points against them in that span the ceiling for Hertz is just so low in this matchup. 
And we know the floor is going to be low as well with Hayden Hurst. So they need DJ Chark back and Adam Thielen to be fully healthy. Like this offense cannot run through Hayden Hurst or else it's going to be a disaster, like you said. But I I'm staying away from him this week. I don't picture it to be very pretty uh, against the Saints. Yeah, I, I don't like his chances at all in this game. So, yeah, so there you have our look at our wide receiver and uh, tight end rankings, Michelle. I think we did a pretty good job here. We were a little bit uh, more on the same page this week, which is great. That means you want to play those players, folks. Uh, if we are agreeing totally on the way, then it's the best bets we can have for you for your lineup. So uh, we will help you with a uh, look at DFS and uh, some updates you need to know. Again, thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in the league. We're part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, good way to close the show today. And then we'll uh, close the week looking at uh, the plays that you can do in DFS and some other things that you need to watch out for this weekend. So for Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.